0: Uh love what God is doing in the church. You can be seated, if you can, in the presence of the Lord. My name is Josh, and I've got a word for you today got a word for you today. It's always a blessing to be in the house of God. You know, I said earlier that some of us were here. We came through. We had to fight a little bit. Raise your hand if you had to fight just a little bit to be here this morning. You know what? Hey, good for you for pressing through. Good for you for being in the house of God. I tell you, half the battle in life is just showing up. Just showing up and doing what you know is right to do. You live by what you know, not by what you feel. Amen. You're in a good place today. If you're looking for a church that's passionate about Jesus, you found one. If you're looking for a place that hates religion, you found one. If you're looking for a place that's real, we're not perfect, but we got a heart for Jesus, okay? Don't put that pastor has to be perfect stuff on me. Listen, I'm right there with you growing into the person that God has called me to be. That doesn't mean that I use it as an excuse for sin in my life. All right, listen, your pastor is human. Your pastor is human, but I love the Lord. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm excited about what he's going to do in the house today. If you've got your Bibles or your tablets, go ahead and get them out and get ready. We get ready to dive into this word today. Um, a lot of stuff going on in our church today. where well, you guys are getting your Bibles and stuff out. Uh, E-students is kicking off their summer nights tonight. I'm so excited about that. If you've got... Uh, A middle school-aged kid or a high school-aged kid, that is where you want them to be this evening. I'm just telling you, that group's been planning and preparing. There is a ministry team of about 15 people just ready to get in the presence of God with those students while we're having fun up here uh, this evening at around 5 o'clock. You'll hear more about that in just a little bit. I'm going to continue this little series we've got going on emotions. We're going to dial this into emotions with respect to emotional health. In the family. Emotional health in the family. How many of you know that's a big deal? It's important. It's very important. I will say this emotional health in the family births out of spiritual health in the family. It does. Um, I want to give you a couple of things today. I want to give you um, two keys that I believe are successful in parenting, and I believe that it will make an impact in your life whether you have children now or your children have become adults and now you have grandchildren or whether you are planning on one day having a child let me tell you this word can apply to you Uh, if you put the word of god to work it will work in your life and produce fruit amen Uh, children man does anything ever prepare you for having kids No. No? like when when kelly and i were thinking about having children uh, we uh, we prayed, we read, I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I talked to a lot of people because I was like, you know what, I am going to do my best not to screw this stuff up, Amen. you know, and uh, nothing really prepares you ever for having kids, like nothing, it doesn't matter how much you prepare, you're just not prepared for it. I remember when Hannah was born, so our oldest child, we were in the hospital getting ready to leave and I was just like, y'all are just going to let us walk out with this kid? You know what I mean? Like, I had to pass a test to get my driver's license. You know, we just had to have this baby, and y'all are just going to let us go. There's like, there's no test. There's no qualifications. You know, that's that's it. We get to walk out with this child, and the adventure just began. You know, uh, you are just never really 100% prepared for childhood. I just, uh, you, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that you got you to gotta grow into and, and get down. You got to get the system down. Uh, you pretty much got to feed them every day. We do know this. Um, you pretty much have to change those diapers every day. We learned that. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy's got a joke. He says when that you look on the box of the diapers and it says uh, 15 to 20 pounds, they're not lying. That's all those things will hold. Yeah. So you have to change those things up. And you just never really prepared for the change that comes with having a child. And everybody would ask us um, early on with Hannah, it's like, is she sleeping all the way through the night? And we were like, as far as we know, we just put her to bed and turn on the TV and everything's good in the morning, you know, as far as we know. I'm kidding. We're, We're not horrible parents, but I tell you, there's a lot that goes into these children. Bill Cosby made a joke and said, God makes kids cute so you don't kill them. Uh, see, y'all woke up on that. Can I get an amen from mom and dad on that one? Yeah. So uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And it, it's just so much work. It's the sleepless nights, the constant feeding, the changing of the diapers, the changing of the clothes, the care that has to go into it. I'm just telling you, it's exhausting watching my wife do all that work <coughs> raising the kid. Uh, no, I, I helped out a lot. There's a lot of work that goes into those children. But I I do know this, Um, the family, if any other time, especially now, is under attack. You know, our our children today, they don't have to deal with the issues that we dealt with growing up. Our major issues growing up were peer pressure and, and doing stupid stuff. They deal with peer pressure and doing stupid stuff, but there's also an agenda for indoctrination that they have to contend with as well, which means as parents, we have to do double duty to make sure that we're preparing our children for the world that they're going to grow up in today. Um, just saying the Bible says so is not enough. You have to be able to explain why the Bible says so. You have to be able to articulate your position on Scripture and why you believe what you say you believe. Because the onslaught against the family and this next generation is is unreal, parents. We've got to be ready and equipping our children to not just survive in this world, but to be the representation of the church that they're supposed to be, to be the offensive weapon that Jesus in his heart, when he formed them in the mother's womb, called them and designed them to be. We have got to be on guard with our children and our grandchildren and setting them up for success in their walk with God. Amen? So, newsflash. God has a plan for your children. He's chosen you to help prepare them for it. How are you doing? How are you doing with that? It was a joke uh, when uh, I was trying to, think, I think it was once somebody in Kelly's family will always told us like, well, if they're fed and they're alive at the end of the day and they're fed and they're alive at the beginning of the day, then that's a successful win as a parent, you know. Um, but there's a whole lot more to that. God has a plan for your child's life. And whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not, you are key in that plan. He's chosen you to help prepare them for what he's called them to do in life. Now, there's a thousand different things we can talk about on parenting. There's a thousand different things that we can talk about. Uh, This isn't a parenting seminar, okay? I want to give you two keys. I want to give you two keys that will help resolve the majority of the issues that you're going to face in your home with your children and your grandchildren, whether you've got them now or you will have them later. Listen, take notes on this stuff today. I'm going to give you two things that are going to put out a lot of fires. Now, I'm not going to give you my opinion, okay? Who would show up to hear somebody's opinion? Yeah? I wouldn't show up to hear my own opinion on stuff, but what I am going to give you is a word of God regarding the things that we're going to talk about today. Now, that's key, because when you start talking about parenting and raising kids or dealing with grandkids, people start to take things personal. And now. Now, nobody's going to tell me how to raise my kid. That's my kid. I'll raise them the way that I want. And you know what? That's your kid. You raise them the way that you want to raise them. I'm going to do my best to raise my kids according to the Word of God. And I'd advise you to do the same thing, because your way isn't better than God's way. Uh, The Word of God equips us to handle every issue and every scenario of life, especially when it comes to raising children. So, listen, I'm going to tell you straight up, I'm going to get in your business a little bit today, okay? Because the Word of God gets in our business a little bit. Uh, I'm going to challenge you today, and I'm going to encourage you today, because, listen, raising children is not for the faint of heart. I don't know how it feels in your world, but there are some weeks where I just feel like I'm winging it. You know what I mean? Because I... I've never dealt with a child in this stage of life before. I don't know how to deal with a 14-year-old girl. But the Word of God knows how to deal with a 14-year-old girl. So I'm going to apply the principles of the Word of God. Um, My little girl, Abby, has enough energy for 25 people. You know, I'm not ready to deal with that. Not in this stage. I should have had that girl when I was 17. Then I could have kept up with her. Things would have been a little bit different man but i just but the word of god equips me to be able to be patient and not just deal with but train and teach and help develop her into the woman that god is calling her to be you know so let me encourage you if you feel ill-equipped and if you're going through a rough season raising your children right now or a tough season with your grandkids or even if your kids are grown and because of mistakes that were made in the raising process, the relationship is kind of damaged right now. Let me encourage you. The Word of God can fix all of that. Amen. The Word of God can prevent. The Word of God can heal. The Word of God can restore. Okay, so don't get beat down. Be encouraged. Doesn't matter what stage of this stuff you're in, you can put the Word of God to work immediately and it can produce the fruit. All right, so. Let's get into this stuff. Two things, two things that will help out tremendously. Uh, The first one is example. Example. What you do in the home sets the tone for the culture in the home. As a parent, you set the culture in your home by your example. What we give permission to take place in our homes, reinforces the value system that we're trying to communicate to our children. Example is everything. Example is the foundation that gives you the platform to be able to speak into your children's life without looking like a hypocrite a little quiet in here this morning. So I look, I'm here to encourage you. Now, if that's out of line right now, the good news is we can fix that and get it in line. Now, listen, wouldn't it be wonderful if your children would do what you asked them to do the first time? Oh, yes. uh, the parents are waking up in the house. Listen, I'm not just picking on the kids this morning. I got it. I love what uh, Keith and Melissa do in their martial arts academy. They had this thing called the one rule that their students have to 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 live by is this is one with one rule. The first time your parents ask you to do something, the first time you're asked to do something, you do it. You do it right. You follow through with it. You get it done. And I'm like hallelujah. That is awesome. Please teach my kids that all the time. You know, <clears throat> the one rule. You do it all all the time. Wouldn't it be awesome to have less drama in your home Amen. with your kids arguing over stuff? Um, wouldn't it be amazing to have? Virtually no rebellion to deal with in your home. No attitudes that your children would um, come up to you and talk to you with respect and with honor. You know what I mean? Not in like a a solemn way, like there's no fun in your home. Have fun in your home. But but you know what I mean when I say respect. Uh, You don't have to deal with all of the drama that the world says you have to deal with with teenagers if you do a good job laying a good foundation in their lives when they're early and developing as children or young and developing. So the work you do today produces the fruit that you're going to have later on. Example is the key to all of this stuff. Because if you encourage your kids or you tell your kids to do one thing, but your example is to do the opposite, you've just discredited yourself. I mean, would you respect somebody that told you to do something and did the complete opposite of it? I mean, really, you got a boss at work that you deal with that's telling you to do certain things, but then they're not doing those things on the job? Or they hold certain people accountable, but then they let their favorites escape by. Doesn't it just bug you when you see that, you know? Are you a little bit frustrated with the government in general, regardless of who's in office, because they pass laws that they don't let apply to them themselves? You know what I'm saying? It's frustrating when you see that duplicity there. Example is everything. And if you want solid ground as a parent, and you want credibility as a parent, if you want your children to be able to look at you and say, this isn't just something that mom and dad are telling me to do. They're actually living this stuff out. Example is everything. Uh, Joshua chapter 24 is a great scripture to start this conversation off with. Joshua's getting up, and he's talking to um, all of the nation of Israel in this scenario. And he says, now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Somebody say, all faithfulness. all faithfulness. All faithfulness. Not just some of it, but all faithfulness. And then he starts dealing with this little issue. He says, throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped. He says, make it all about Jesus, make it all about God. Don't carry over those habits and patterns from the past. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship. Somebody say, throw it away. Throw it away. Say, um, and then he says, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors, your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. And then he says, listen, y'all do what you want to do, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord you got to take that stand as a parent. Now, I know you, like me, have either gone through or you're going through this process of growing closer to God. Now, we weren't always Christians, right? right. I've heard your testimonies. Some of you all are just lucky to be alive right now. I'm just saying. Uh, and, and, and we've all had things that we've dealt with. We all had a pattern of life established before Jesus. And part of the beautiful process of coming to know Jesus is that you become a new creation from the inside out. He begins working on you and the old passes away and that new lifestyle, alive in Christ, is here and it begins to develop as you grow closer to him. All right. Now, the problem we run into a lot of times with setting the right example in our home as Christians is that we're still allowing some of that old lifestyle in the home instead of him fully embracing the new lifestyle that the Bible encourages us to live. Okay, so you've got oil and water trying to mix in the home. You understand? And it creates a lot of problems. You've got to throw away the gods your ancestors worship. Listen, just because your dad did it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Just because your mom did it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Just because your grandparents acted a certain way, and for generations your family has done something, it does not mean it has to continue with you, okay? In Christ, it's over. You're a new creation in Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, that just set somebody free this morning. It can all go away. It doesn't matter. Trouble with anger. Well, my family's just a drinking family. No, your family was a drinking family till Jesus got in your heart. Now there's a new sheriff in town, and you can set a new pattern for your family. It doesn't have to be the way that it's always been. We had an intruder in our house. I want to show you this photo. We, I heard a scream from the kitchen. See, it's I thought my wife had walked into the kitchen and found a dead body. It was, ah! Pastor Kelly freaked out. You know, she freaked out, and she'll tell you she freaked out. <gasps> so I walk in there, and no, this is not a little spider at all. I'll just say, I mean, the thing was at least this big. I mean, he he he's had a good life. All right, this guy's had a good life. We walked in and saw that thing. <laughs> she freaked out, and she just looked at me. She goes. Sweetheart, we have to move. <laughs> and we have to burn this place down. And I was just like, okay, or, <laughs> or I can get this thing out of here and it's, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. So I was like, I can squish this thing and then I got to clean up all of that in the yeah. sink. So I put it in a little container and I carried it outside, dropped it off the porch and it was gone. And uh, the house became peaceful eventually you know what I mean how many of y'all would agree when you find something like that in the house you got to move out and burn it down and it, most of the ladies are agreeing with that the guy the guy like, okay I just say I was going to let it slide till he said something most of the ladies and pastor Jeremy said that it had to <laughs> oh that was great Like me, I'm like, get my 12-gauge. I can take that joker out. I'm going to replace the sink, but it'll sure be fun, you know. So it's got to go. There's no way you leave that thing in the house, you know. But spiritually speaking, we've got creepy stuff all up in our homes that we need to get out. We wouldn't let a spider that size last five minutes in our home. Tell me why we're still letting porn exist in the home. Tell me, tell me why. Tell me why we are still entertaining ourselves with junk that does not line up biblically with what we're supposed to put in front of ourselves. Now I know I'm stepping on some toes right now. This guy recommended a movie to me a few weeks back and he's like man you gotta check this movie out. This is a great movie. He does not go to church here. He lives in a different state. That's why I'm saying it okay. You check it out. It's a great movie. I looked up the reviews on the movie 86 f-bombs in this movie it's a two-hour movie it's 120 minutes 87 f-bombs in 120 minutes that's i mean just a little over every minute you're hearing it i'm like why would i want to put that in my spirit, and I chose not to do it. Now, it's not about whether or not, well, if you watch R-rated movies and put that filth in your spirit, you're going to split hell wide open. It's about we've got to come to the point in our spiritual growth where that stuff is not appealing or attractive anymore. I want holiness. I want the standard of the word of God. I want to be closer to Jesus, and I know if I put that in me all the time, that is just going to stand at odds with who I'm trying to become in Jesus. So it's not a heaven or Health thing, it's an issue of spiritual growth. But if you take your kids to church on Sunday, where a pastor says what I'm saying right now, and then you go home and Sunday night you're blasting whatever on the TV or whatever on the iPod, listen, you see the discrepancy there. You're saying one thing, but you're living something different, and your example is tarnished. It's tarnished. And so your kids are saying, Dad says, Church is good, but he lives this way. So church is something that we do, like going to a football game or going to an event at school. Church is something that we go to, but how we really live is this right here. You understand? You're setting yourself up. For trouble, Because now when you see your kid doing something like that or you bust your kid watching porn or you find out they've been sleeping with their boyfriend or their girlfriend and you come in and say, no, this is not how we live our life. They're going to say, what are you talking about? You hypocrite. You've got to have the example set in the home. Proverbs 22, 6. Uh, Y'all still love me? All right. So Proverbs 22, 6, it reads like this. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Praise God for that promise. Praise God for that promise. But that scripture applies regardless of the direction that you're leading your child. And I say this a lot. If you train your child up with worldly standards, when they're old, they're going to have a worldly standard. Okay, now I'm not throwing, I say, listen, if, you're, if your kids are grown and maybe you messed that part up in raising them and now they're struggling with stuff spiritually, listen, I'm not coming at you and I'm not trying to beat you down, okay? I am say they can see the change in you right now in this stage of life and it could still make an impact in them with them seeing the change in your life. So let me encourage you, make sure you're training them up the correct way. Well, what are you saying, Pastor Josh? How much should I be inundating my kid with the word of God? I would say a whole lot, especially considering what they're facing in the world today. Deuteronomy 6, 9, or uh, 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, uh, gives us a great, a great playbook on this. Moses is just giving the Ten Commandments out to the people, and he says, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Have you ever just just shot in the dark, had to repeat something to your kid more than one time? Yeah. Yeah. Just shot in the dark, you know. Just say, sitting here for a reason. You repeat it over and 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 over again, um, so that they will get it. Talk to them when you are at home, and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands, wear them on your foreheads as reminders, not a literal thing. Y'all don't have to do that. It'd look a little weird in today's world if you did that. It says, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, 24-7, 365, you surround yourself with the word of God and you sew it into your children with every opportunity. Now, that doesn't mean that you walk around in a white robe with a 20-pound Bible. Children, gather. <laughs> gather. For now it is time for us to take part in the Holy Scripture. And I will now sow into your lives as your parent. Okay. Don't get don't get weird like that. But I'm telling you, when the, you get a flat tire going down the road, yeah. your attitude yeah. and what you speak at the moment, you understand what I'm saying? It, it, it matters. Um, when aunt so-and-so, or uncle so-and-so, or the mother-in-law comes over, what you say before they show up <laughs> is setting an example. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, 24-7, 365, the example that we set is everything. you got to live it by example doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. Listen, I've messed up a lot. I've messed up a lot as a husband. I've messed up as a father. Um, But what I've learned to do is to take those mistakes and turn them into teaching moments. And, And if I mess up in front of my kids, I'll own it. I'll say, you know what? I'm wrong. I did this, and I shouldn't have. I responded this way, and I shouldn't have. So... I'm sorry to you guys for not setting the example, and I want you to know that I'm going to do my best to get it right the next time. Amen. You understand? And it teaches them something. You would not to have the pressure on you to be perfect, be real in your relationship with God. Let them see the, the process of growth in your own life and your heart to please God, and, and it, it'll make a huge impact on them. It'll make a difference, the grandkids and the kids. You don't have to have it all together. I hope not, because I'm in trouble if you have to have it all together. Just telling you straight up. But i got a heart to please God, in. and if you've got that, those mistakes become powerful teaching moments. Everything, everything, what you do, what, what you choose to do during church times communicates to your kids. Communicates to your kids. Um, Pastor friends of mine are so frustrated because they feel like they are always having to uh, compete against sports activities and cheer competitions and whatever else is going on. Um, These people have started scheduling stuff um, on Wednesdays for the churches that have midweek stuff, and it's frustrating, and these places have... Uh, schedule these events on Sundays now. And let me just encourage you, don't, don't ever communicate to your child that a sport is more important than being in the house of God. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Uh, and I know right now, if you're a person that's got your kids in sports and you, maybe you're watching online later and you weren't here today because they're at the sporting event, listen, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Just stop and consider what you're communicating to your kid. Now, I'm not saying... that that the car will explode into flames and y'all just go straight to hell. If on one Sunday you decide to do a family outing and y'all go somewhere and you miss church because of vacation or y'all decide to go to a Braves game or a Falcons game or something like that as a family every once in a while, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's a pattern and you have established in your home that these things have priority over spiritual growth, guess what's going to happen to your kids later? Guess what's going to happen? You know, so I would I would say this. if If you don't feed your child food, you can be criminally prosecuted as a parent, right? If you don't take your kid to school or make sure that they get to school, sooner or later that school is going to make a phone call and you're going to have those beautiful people from child services come over to check out your place and make sure everything's going okay. Why? Because you are legally responsible to make sure those things happen, right? Um, if the house is, is not in livable condition and, and the kids are being abused, listen, you are, you are prosecutable as an adult for neglect in your child's life. I'd say this, it's a spiritual crime against your children to keep them from church. That's what I would say. The spiritual crime against your children to keep them from church. Pastor Josh, I just don't think that's... Well, just just stop. Don't get emotional. All right, listen, again, I'm not telling you how to raise your kid. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. I do know this. Sooner or later, all of us are going to have to stand in front of the Lord and be judged. And he's not going to judge us on how accurate our passes were. He's not going to judge us on how well we could kick the ball down the field. He's not going to judge us on how good our free throws were. He's going to judge us on one thing, really, whether or not we had a relationship with Jesus and then what we did with that. If I could get parents to just think ahead to the end game, it might change the values that we are showing our children and establishing in our kids' life. You know? And you can play sports in the afternoon on Sunday. What I'm saying is when it comes down to being at church or being at the game or wherever you're sending a message if it's a consistent trade-off, okay? Because by the way, if you're just fuming and you want to send me an email and set me straight, you can do that. Send it to Pastor Jeremy at EastgateChurch.cc <laughs> and you'll get all the attention that every other email that gets sent to the church gets. Guarantee you. Yes. Delete, delete, delete. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just, I'm just saying because you're communicating something to the kid. The example is important. Yeah, I just I don't want to push too far on this because I, I I'm not hammering I'm not pointing out this is how you're a horrible parent and this is why you should change this is it's the wrong heart and the wrong spirit the goal is to grow amen yeah. the goal is to apply the word of God to areas of our life that we may not be the goal is growth and that's what we want I think if I could take them past that 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 judgment moment and well, this is this is so heavy, and I'm just going to share it because I feel like the Lord wants me to share this, okay? Um, you know my heart, yeah? yeah? But if you could take take parents to that moment where their child was not prepared to stand before the Lord, and they could play back all the moments where they could have reinforced the value, I think it would motivate them to do things differently because that moment's coming. I think, again, and I know this is a horrible picture to get mentally, I think if they could see their kids' eyes the moment that the fires of hell begin to engulf them and then pan back the instant that they begin to scream, I think it would change our motivation and how we raise our children. What we communicate Now, at the end of the day, your child is still going to make their own decision before God. Okay? You're not responsible for the choices that they make, but you are responsible for the example that you set. You are responsible for what you do to prepare them for those moments of decision and choice. Okay? You're responsible for that. I think it would change a lot. I think it would change a lot and i'll just let that lie where it, it needs to lie. Again, i'm not i don't have the gun just pop 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 just popping people or anything like that. You know, not hammering people with, i'm speaking this with love and encouraging you maybe it's time to reevaluate some things. And look at what we're communicating because what we communicate makes a big difference. So what do you say and i'm saying be the person you want them to become. Be the person you want them to become. Because listen, statistically, that's how it's going to play out. Okay? Up, to, up to about the age 14, 15 or so, your children are mostly going to do what you tell them to do. Now, 15, 16 and on up, your children are going to begin to do what you've shown them to do. That's why people have so, many, so much trouble during the teenage years because those kids are beginning to live out what they've seen. And now you're trying to say, no, don't do as I do, do as I say do, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work for you and the world. Why would it work for your kids or your grandkids? It makes a big difference. So be the person you want them to become. Y'all still with me this morning? So, So that's the first thing, example. Example opens the door for everything else. If you're standing on solid, consistent ground and you have integrity in your lifestyle, It'll make a difference in raising your children. The second thing I, the Lord kind of put on my heart to bring up today is discipline. Discipline. Everybody say discipline. 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 Now, what is discipline? Discipline is the consequences of breaking rules and crossing boundaries. When you break rules and you cross boundaries, you get disciplined. If you speed, eventually you're going to get pulled over. And if you it's a good day, you're going to get a warning. If it's a bad day, you're going to get a ticket. Why? Because you broke the rule, you went past the boundary, and now you're being disciplined. We discipline in the home because we love the children. We love them. I'll show you in Proverbs chapter 3. Um, I know... Students and teenagers in the room were like, Pastor Josh, really today you could have been preaching on anything else. Now you're talking about discipline. You had them on the example stuff. You are getting all up in their business. You're giving me so much ammo for later today. Because I could have said, are you setting a good example in the home today? Pastor Josh said you needed to. Now you're getting into this discipline stuff. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a a father, the son he delights in. God disciplines us because he loves us. We discipline our children because we love them. Discipline today means that they learn boundaries they learn consequences so that when they're an adult they don't have to pay a heavy price because they didn't learn that lesson as a child now children learn in different ways and there's different ways to discipline kids every child has a different personality i've got two girls pray for your pastor i got two girls and a lot of guns promise you be ready for this. But they learn things in different ways. Two completely different personalities. Strong personalities, both of them. They are strong-willed children. And, and how I develop them is very different. How I talk to Abby and versus how I talk to Hannah. Two completely different scenarios. Your children will be the same way. You don't always have to go to the belt or the switch or the paddle. Sometimes a firm word is all that's necessary you know, in the right moment. Sometimes just teaching is 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 all that you need. I just me personally I think the better pattern is you always teach first. Amen. You always teach first. You never fly off the handle on your kids. Okay. Don't vent on your kids. Your kids don't deserve to feel the, the the full force of your bad week. Okay? They didn't do that to you. Okay, your kids didn't give you a hard time at work. Your kids aren't frustrating you in those scenarios. Okay, don't, make, don't punish them for something they didn't do. So teach them first and explain the consequences and explain why, to the best of your ability, why we don't need to do this or why it's better to do something else. I always try to say, you don't just say no, no, no. You always teach the better course of action and response to show them how to do it. So I'm going to teach first. If they mess up again, I'm probably going to come back and I'm going to reinforce a little bit. I'm going to reteach, and there's probably going to be some kind of discipline. They're probably going to lose screen time. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world when they lose screen time or uh, the phones or whatever the privileges. You know, you're going to get extra chores now. You have to because you didn't do this. Now you to have to do extra work. Um, because of that, and then eventually, if they're still not picking up on it, and they're still not learning, there is a sweet spot that God created that somehow sends a direct signal to their brain and improves the learning process. It's right here. Y'all remember the time in church where Pastor Josh stuck his rear end out and just pointed to it in front of everybody? I just say, it's right there. And listen, it is okay to spank your child. It's okay to spank your child. Listen, you might be watching online, and this just hits all kind of wrong with you. Most people don't like to spank their children because they were abused as a child. Okay. Usually, the motivation for not spanking children has very little to do with the child and very much to do with the adult, um, because of abuse or because fill, fill in the blank. It's usually stuff we need to resolve, or we we are inappropriately emotionally connected to our child, and we can't get past the spanking process because we're too concerned with being a friend instead of being a parent in the moment and giving the correct discipline in the scenario. Now listen, I'm not telling you how to raise your kid. Okay, that's, that's between you and God. But what I am going to do is suggest that you line up with the Word of God. And you don't have to spank your kid on every scenario. Uh, I wish somebody would have told my parents that when I was growing up. I'm just, Any of y'all ever just had a good old-fashioned country whipping? You know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, with, with the belt. or the, y'all, got sw- y'all, y'all had to deal with a switch thing? Did y'all have to go get your own switches? Oh my gosh, you would change the whole generation by making them just go out and cutting their switch and come back in there. I'm not saying you got to beat them till they bleed or anything like that, you know. Listen, everything, you discipline to the appropriate amount. There is a line that you cross there. And physically or even emotionally, listen, in correcting a child, if you go too far verbally, well, that becomes emotional abuse. Understand our verbal abuse, there's a line there. So what does the Bible say? So, I love this. I love the way this is worded. Proverbs (laughs) 23, verse 13, it says, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. They may sound like it. They may act like it, but they will not die. Punish them with the rod. And this is to save them from death. Say, the, well, what is that rod? Well, the rod is what they used to spank their child back then. So today they'd say, you'd say, back of your hand or the paddle or whatever. Uh, I, you say belt, and people freak out because abuse comes to mind, but it's all in your restraint and control and what you as the adult do. in the moment yeah. you discipline according to what the scenario requires and you don't cross certain lines. You just don't do that. But spanking is very much a a biblical thing. Uh, It won't kill them. You'll save their lives. Because if they learn today consequences to actions, probably they won't be in prison when they're 18, 19, 20 because they said, forget you, policeman. I'll do what I want to do. The law doesn't care who you are. The law is the law. And if you break the law, you will suffer the consequences from it. If you make bad decisions... You will suffer the consequences of those bad decisions. So, we teach them now so that they avoid the headache. Now, this was never an issue. I mean, since creation, since creation, parents have been spanking their children for thousands of years. It's really like up until the last 60 years or so that this has even become an issue in the home. A lot of stuff have become issues over the last 60 years, too. Divorce became crazy easy. Um, abortion was skyrocketed uh, nationally. You go back in time; it hits about that same time frame. Prayer removed from school. Let's just—you can't. I'm just tell me. You telling me I can't talk about God in school, but you can put a transgender drag queen in there, indoctrinating my kid, and that's okay? Are you kidding me right now? It's either free speech or it's an agenda. I should have the same. Free speech to go into the school and say what I want to say. If they can do it and it's okay, then I should be able to do it and it be okay. Don't come at me with this free speech. Anyway, okay, so anyway. Um, it's been going on for about the last 60 years or so. Now, a- Answer me this question, just rationally thinking. Is society today better off than it was 60 years ago? No. Is crime rate today higher than it was 60 years ago? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, when I go out in public with my family, I'm, I'm on level 10 alert. You know, it, it's a different world out there. It's not because I live in fear. It's just I know the world that I'm dealing with today. Uh, discipline in the home is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Uh, it doesn't mean that you hate your kid because you punish them. Proverbs 13, verse 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Amen. So true. Proverbs 29, 17 says, Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Discipline your... Let me tell you what this is. Discipline your children, you'll have peace in your home. Amen. Discipline your children and you'll have the delights you desire you'll have some semblance of the children that you want in your home, okay? A lot of us are stressed out because we're not disciplining our kids. We're letting the kids run the home instead of the parents running the home. You're the parent. Your job is not to be their best friend. Your job is to raise them according to the Word of God so they can stand on their own two feet in society, okay? Your kid's running around just bat-crazy in public scenarios. Listen, you know how you stop that? Discipline. You teach. Show them. Now, I know some kids are on the spectrum, and some kids chemically have things off, and so it's a different scenario there. But nine times out of ten, this stuff works perfectly. And even then, those kids respond well to discipline because a kid will learn real fast how to play you as a person they find a way to get permission for their behavior, they will beat it to death. They absolutely will. So if you want peace, everybody's like, well, I wonder why nobody ever invites me out to go do stuff. (laughs) Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's those mini-me's. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. so, so lovingly disciplined, trained, and created. Y'all still love me? So I'm, I'm just giving you some good stuff from the Word of God. Why your your family doesn't have to be dysfunctional. You don't have to have all the drama. Your kids don't have to be rebellious. They don't have to have problems with your spouse because you're disagreeing on what to do with the children. Y'all can be on the same page, and it's called the Word of God. It'll save you a lot of headache and scenario or bad scenarios that you got to deal with in the home. I will say this, too, um, and look, helicopter parents, you 't know who a helicopter parent is, right? They just hover around their kids all the time. You're not helping them. You're not helping them. Well, my kid needs me to an extent, yes, but they are, listen, eventually they're going to have to live on their own, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be like the water boy where you live with your mama when you're 40, 50 years old, you know, or anything like that. Um, so you, you need to listen to it. and I say it with love, cut that cord. Yes. Cut that cord. Let them learn some life lessons. Yes. Let them go. Let them make mistakes. Teach them when they make mistakes. Train them. Develop them. Keep that discipline constant in their lives. Most of the time with, and I'm not targeting anybody, but most of the time it's just true, with, um, with divorce, in a scenario where there's divorce, the parents are usually less disciplining with their children or one of the two is sometimes it's both because they're trying to win that child's affection over the other person and discipline goes out the window and a lot of times with single moms they make the mistake of um, establishing their main source of companionship they're getting that from the children instead of with other adult interaction okay listen your kid is not your best friend Your kid is your kid, love them, be a friend to them, but you're still the parent, okay? So um, you're not doing anything but hurting your kid if you do that stuff. Now, I got good news. So no matter what's happened or what the mistakes have been, what mistakes have been made, God can restore if you put the word of God to work. God can restore if you put the word of God to work. So regardless of the example that you may have been setting, You can change and put the word of God to work. All right? Maybe when we go home today, there needs to be some conversations at the table. Say, you know what? Mom and dad have been doing this, but there's going to be some changes. Maybe the other way around. Mom and dad, we haven't been giving you the opportunity to establish the change in your life, and we've just been bashing you because of who you used to be. And we need to back off of that and give you some room to grow. that moment doesn't go away in the future there's a moment where we're all going to stand in front of God we will our children will our grandchildren will it's all about preparation for that moment okay listen getting good grades is awesome going to the right school is great getting Uh, A jumpstart in a successful career for life on this earth is great. 20 billion years from now, none of that's going to matter. What will matter is where we're spending eternity. And that's decided by whether or not we have a relationship with Jesus. And we're actually living this stuff out. I want to challenge you today. Don't be that person that just goes to church and fall in love with Jesus. Don't be that family that prioritizes everything But the Word of God, prioritize the Word of God. Put this stuff to work. We're all going to stand in front of God. And that either gets you real excited or it makes you a little nervous right now. Bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If that moment where we stood before God was right now, just boom, just right now. Would we be ready for it? Now I know we've been talking about our children and grandchildren, but let's stop for a second and let's talk about us, everyone in this room. We're either, we're either going to heaven or we're going to hell. I didn't make those rules. I love that God sent his son Jesus to die for us, to pay the price for that sin that we've committed in our lives, to give us forgiveness for that sin, that we could accept him as Lord and Savior and just live a life, like I said earlier today, free, free of that old way of living and a beautiful relationship with him. How's your relationship with Jesus? Now, if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Josh, I my relationship with Jesus is rocky or it's non-existent. The beauty of simple questions are the answers are usually pretty simple. Either you have a relationship with God or you don't. Either you're living a lifestyle of sin or you're not. Either you're in right standing with God or you're not. There's no middle ground on that. And if you're here today and that's you and you know there's some stuff off in your relationship with God and you haven't handled that business in your life, there's a great opportunity to make that choice and to make that change today. I want you to experience the love of God. I want you to experience His grace, His forgiveness. If you're here today... Jesus isn't Lord and Savior of your life when I count to three I want you to lift your eyes up and I want you to look at me and I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out or anything I just want to pray with you today and get that right and Pastor Josh man there's no way I'm ready to stand before God maybe this is part of the change that you need to make in your home it's getting serious about your walk with God once and for all that's you today when, you lift, I want, when I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift your eyes up and look at me this morning. I see yours. I see yours. I see yours. I see yours. That's awesome. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. I see you in the back. That's awesome. I see you right there. I see you right there. That's awesome. I'm going to ask one more time. Once you've lifted your eyes, you can put them back down. If you're here today and you know, you need to get some stuff right in that relationship with God. On the count of three, you might have missed it. But right now, you can do it. Lift your eyes up and look at me if you haven't done it yet. I see you right there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I see you. That's amazing. It's amazing. Let's all stand this morning as we get ready to close in prayer. There were several of us. that lifted up our eyes, which I think is amazing. I want to lead you in a prayer today. There's, I say this a lot. There's nothing magical about the prayer. Um, it's just doing what Scripture says, that you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and then you confess with your mouth also. So it's believing and confessing you know the process is done. So we want to make sure that we're doing what the Word of God says. So I'm going to pray this prayer and I want everyone in the house to repeat this after me. Okay? And if you lifted your eyes, I want you to pray this prayer and just mean it from your heart. We can get this right today and start this beautiful journey called A Walk With God. Everybody's going to pray this prayer with you because at Eastgate, no one walks alone. At this church, we've got your back. We've got your back. And I'd encourage you, come back next week Come back next week. um, Get involved in the First Steps group or class that's going on here. It's a great place to to get your feet under you and your faith. But the big battle is come back, come back, come back, come back, because there's going to be a lot of week that happens between now and next Sunday or now and first Wednesday. Come back, come back. Just decide right now I'm coming back, and I'm going to walk this stuff out, okay? Um, But I'm going to pray. Everybody pray this after me. Here we go. Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son to die for me thank you Jesus for shedding your blood to pay the price for my sin I repent that means I turn away from it I don't want that life anymore Jesus I want you thank you For your forgiveness. Thank you for new life. Thank you for being my Savior and my Lord. In your name. Amen. Let's give God praise for what just happened in the house today. So awesome. So awesome. You can be seated again. Give us just a couple more minutes. We have a few things. To address, and then we'll be out of here today. What an awesome day in the presence of God, amen? Yeah. What an awesome day. Now, if we apply this stuff, it'll make a difference in our lives. God bless you.